This is your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. I'm Leisha Holmes, and I just wanted to say thank you for choosing to listen to our episode. Now, before we start, I would like to thank our sponsors, Hoxo Media and Vincere. I will explain a bit more about them later on in the episode as to how you, our listener, can benefit from a unique discount by mentioning the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you contact them. Now, remember to click subscribe as you're listening now to get notified of every new weekly episode of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Without further ado, let's jump in to the episode. For this latest episode on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, I was so thrilled to be joined by someone that I've got to know on a very personal level through an amazing community of women called Women Unleashed. So hello to everybody that's listening from there. Your support over the last two and a half years has been truly remarkable and you are all my friends. So this to our global community is Kate Nutz, who has become a specialist in a very, very big topic area that I'm particularly passionate about. And that's the learning and development area arena. She'd had a career within generalist recruitment for a number of years, ran her own business and decided to become a niche specialist in this area, which transcends every industry. But I think particularly for you, our audience, some of her learning experiences about the L&D culture are definitely things that you can take away, whether you're listening as a leader or you're listening as a recruiter. I hope you'll enjoy the episode today. We talk about what makes an ideal L&D person. So if you're listening to this now, maybe you're thinking of one day moving into a training role, an L&D role, but actually looking over your shoulder is the person who's responsible for it in your business. Are they actually cut up to the job? For leaders listening, why having an expert in-house L&D person could be the way to make you the best recruitment employer out there to ensure that you maintain and retain your best talent and also attract future talent too. And as a fellow podcast host, Kate actually interviews people in her community. What are her, the most important learns that she's taken from some of her expert guests? So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and you might have just heard a little giggle of laughter just before I press record because today welcoming to our community is someone that I've had the privilege to get to know in the most beautiful tribe of Women Unleashed. Um, She's somebody that I respect enormously for what she shares across her social media but just on a personal level definitely somebody that I think you're going to get a lot of value from today. So to our wonderful community this is Kate Nuds and she's an independent learning and development recruiter and career development specialist and also fellow podcast host. Welcome to you today Kate, how are you? Thank you very much. Yes, fellow podcast host. I'm very new with my podcast journey, I must admit, but I'm very good. Thank you very much. And thank you for inviting me. Well, you are very welcome. It's been a long time coming, I think. You'll, yes. you'll agree. So for those who are not yet familiar with you, they'll be frantically typing it into LinkedIn to see what you do. Tell us a little bit about your journey and how you've gone from being you know, a generalist recruiter to being quite a specialist niche expert. Sure. So yes, my recruitment journey started when I was 20. So a few years back now, Um, I started as a a generalist recruiter, um, working for a sort of a small localized recruitment consultancy. Um, And then I decided to set up for myself because I thought, well, it looks fairly easy. I can do that. (laughs) However, running a business and being a recruiter are very different things. Um, so I had my own generalist recruitment consultancy for about 11 years. Wow. Um, but I think 
I struggled with it because it was generalist because mm. who do you talk to I mean who are you who, who I one minute I'm dealing with a PA next minute I'm dealing with an engineer next minute it's an administrator a salesperson I had no depth of knowledge about mm. any of those industries um, and I couldn't talk to them about what events I was going to or what's the latest piece of tech that might be suitable for them and as a recruiter I always want to add more value than just placing people in jobs so I um, closed that recruitment consultancy after 11 years because I just I just it just wasn't working for me it was it was sort of a bit of a continual walking through tar it seemed yeah. like mm-hmm. um, so I then went to work for a client uh, in their talent acquisition um, team so my first taste of corporate which I, I'd not had before because I'd always dealt with SMEs so I went to work in corporate and then I moved across into talent development and I didn't even really realize learning and development existed because my businesses I'd always dealt with with my recruitment company were small they didn't even have HR let alone L&D so then I found L&D and I was like this is what I've been looking for learning and development I get to help other people grow I mean I'm a massive self-development um advocate so it just it was a no-brainer really it was like this this is a career this is amazing but what I ended up doing was talking to people about their careers and career paths so it seemed a bit of a natural progression really to Mm. merge my two experiences and I tried to find a a learning and development recruiter and there weren't really any and I thought this is the niche here I go um and that's it that there are many HR recruiters that do some L&D but there wasn't really anybody that had been in L&D that then moved across into recruitment Mm. so that's how talent mapping began and and Uh, here I am near on a year later I absolutely love that story and for so many reasons not least because your passion is just oozing out of your cake (laughs) but actually I think your actual career journey will resonate without a shadow of doubt with at least one listener because we tend to recommend if people are talking about whether to be a generalist or whether to go and work for a niche always go and work for a niche because what you tend to find in a generalist sort of environment nowadays anyway in, in in the modern world if you like is that you become a jack of all and a master of none and I think it's fine if you work for a business that's generalist because then you will have the um the approach of you know you're you're basically fulfilling whatever a client needs but within that recruitment business should be niche specialist so you should have one person doing engineering one yeah. person doing HR so I really want to make that point because you know I'm a podcast host but I am also a rector expert I've been doing it for 20 years and we do have people that sometimes come and ask us for advice on that. And that is always my go-to advice. You know, you just need to, like Kate says there, you've got these silos of candidates and in every talent short market, you're never going to add true value. So I'm really pleased that you went on that journey. And L&D, why do you think it resonated with you so much? What is it about the people? Is it because you love to learn yourself? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've always been so into growth and, and, you know, trying to make the best of myself as a person, you know, personally and professionally. And, I in learning and development we get to help other people through their careers we get mm. to add so much value with behavioral um, training and, and development over a long period of time I mean it is one of the most satisfying um, careers really I mean I thought recruitment was quite satisfying you know putting people into roles that they really yeah. enjoy or that they've been for but learning development is that next step so you you know you find someone a role but then you get to see them through their career journey so that's remarkable I love it and if anyone else is getting goosebumps then that shows that you really truly care about that candidate journey and your client experience as well so in your expert opinion then what makes an ideal L&D practitioner what 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 either what skills what behaviors what personality type what what background Okay, 
So I just wanted to break away from the chat for 60 seconds to talk to you about an issue a lot of agencies are facing right now and what one company, Hoxo Media, are doing about it. There's a lot of talk about what it takes to be the quote unquote modern recruiter, personal branding, building an online presence, finding new and innovative ways to engage the market, whatever your market is. It's an approach most businesses are fumbling around with at the moment, to be honest. Meanwhile, Hoxo have absolutely nailed it. They are arguably the world's foremost marketing agency dedicated exclusively to the recruitment sector. And they've worked out what recruiters need to do to see tangible success through online activity. They've developed a proven methodology to follow on LinkedIn daily to establish you, you, as the go-to recruiter in your space and drive inbound leads and new business opportunities on a consistent basis. Now they teach it all to you over an eight week course in the Hoxo Academy. I actually completed the Hoxo Academy in the very height of COVID and it completely transformed my business. In fact, it paid for itself by the end of week two. The best place to find out more about Hoxo Media is to check out their website, hoxomedia.com or search for them on LinkedIn and give them a follow. They give away an absolute ton of valuable advice and actionable tips for free. But if and when you're ready to seriously invest in your online brand, give these guys a shout, but make sure to tell them that Leisha from Key Recruitment sent you and just quote the podcast, the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast, and they'll give you a cheeky discount as well. Not bad, eh? Now, back to the chat. Um. I do think that you need to be, uh, like I was saying, I think you need to be into your own self-development and growth in order to then be able to help other people because you need to, you need, it needs to light a spark up under you developing other people. And if you get excited about that, then that's brilliant. Um, you do need to be fairly resilient because not, your training's not always going to go well. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it is especially like overnight, I had to become a, you know, from a face-to-face -face facilitator to an online facilitator. And it's a completely different experience and it's mm. different skill sets. And you've got people that don't want to have their camera on, you know, they're not listening. And, you know, it's really difficult to engage people and learning and development is about engaging people and you know, inspiring mm. them. So it is a very different experience face-to-face -to, -face to online. So you do need to, to have both those skills now, especially because blended learning is, is, is pretty much what everybody wants and what every client asks me for. They always want um, uh, uh, candidates that have got a blended learning experience. Um, and of course, up until COVID, People didn't have it most people were face-to-face -face facilitators no, absolutely so it's been an interesting time um but you you know you need to just to want to light a spark in other people and therefore have that spark in yourself that's what makes mm. it great. I, I i agree and if i think about my clients who have um, i know we're going to come on to this that they actually have a full-time um, lnd practitioner in their business and i've had the privilege of meeting them they are instantly impactful they are high energy they tend to be very positive self-aware um but like you say they are people that you can see on their own career journeys have developed and sort of ensured that they've sort of progressed their own learning as well so i think that's really insightful well while we're talking about this kind of blended approach now i do want to come on to this with you because i think it's really important to sort of debate this i guess 
we are in a digital world. We're recording this now on tech. You know, you've had to, you've just talked about having to adapt. Recruiters the world over have had to adapt. I, pre-COVID, I met every single candidate first before I went to market with them. Now I can't even imagine that concept. It would just, I can't imagine how slow that must have made. I mean, you know, having to get in my car, go meet someone where I can just now speak to them on Teams, FaceTime, WhatsApp video, it doesn't matter. So what do you think is the future for in-person learning and development? Oh, it's hard because I'm a big advocate for face-to-face. There is so much digital. We do so much digitally, you know, Mm. from answering our emails to to watching our own things in the evening, that getting people in a room is where the energy is. And I much preferred being in the room with other people because the energy is different. Um, Mm. It's very flat online and you just don't get the same interaction and people don't talk as much because of fear of talking over each other. So that social learning doesn't happen because you'll do the, you'll do the training and then you won't have those kind of side conversations and out in the break and getting a coffee and, you know, you go and do your own thing and you've forgotten about what, what you were, what you were listening to whereas those conversations in the office and after training develop and continue and I think we lose that a little bit I agree with you God that's got so many layers to it on so (laughs) many different topics but let's keep it to L&D I think you're absolutely right we were actually talking off camera about you're going to an event (laughs) um, and if you think about when you've been to see a comedian since the world's opened back up or if you've been to see a motivational speaker James Smith Stephen Bartlett you know Damien and, and Jake from the high performance podcast if you'd watched that event on a screen would you have taken as much away from that event as if you were there in the audience uh, laughing yeah. and joking with other human beings because laughter is contagious you know we we get more inspired by other people i telling you now 100% of people will say they took more away from being in person at that event than if they've been watching it on the screen I agree I've just come back so my my sideline business is that I'm a district manager for Arbonne ah um, I can see the Arbonne behind you actually you can see the, 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 the pro- product placement we're happy for to tag that in the post don't worry <laughs> um we had their conference so I went to their Vegas conference in in earlier this year and then come back from their Birmingham conference and I cannot tell you the energy in the room was incredible we uh, Hal Elrod was our um mainland speaker who wrote the um Morning Miracle and I mean his story his journey is incredible and we're all crying you know it's become part of it it's part of the conference it's so emotional but I just Mm. don't think you would get that if if it was on from a virtual perspective and and people were dialing in virtually but Mm. for me I always want to be in the room because it's incredible it's such an experience I'm really pleased we talked about that because I think on so many levels you know if I think about some we've had Louise Archer on from Retrained and she absolutely pivoted her business in the pandemic and now has these webinars but actually I think she would always still rather go and speak to people and see people in person so I think there's definitely people that have embraced it and have allowed their business to enhance through digital because it's definitely allowing you to talk to a much greater audience but I think the impact that one person can have in a room full of people is possibly far greater than if they're talking to people on a mass level so on that basis if I think about you know my audience listening now across the globe it is recruitment leaders and recruiters of course those leaders listening possibly sat there thinking you know well should we employ somebody full-time or should we use external what this is a very generic answer but what would your considerations be for someone thinking about either employing somebody or having an external source 
We briefly interrupt this chat on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to introduce to you our partnership with Vincere, the recruitment operating system. Vincere is the modern recruitment operating system for recruitment and staffing agencies around the globe. A single tech platform that unifies your CRM, your ATS, your website, candidate and client portals, shift scheduler, timesheets, data and analytics, and now including video interviewing and outreach all under one roof. This is the reason the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast chose to partner with Vincere because we want to make the job of a modern recruiter as simple as possible. So if you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to manage your entire operation, visit vincere.io and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Now, back to the chat. Short term, I think an external resource works incredibly well. I, I know many um, recruitment uh, trainers and they do an incredible job. Short term training, you know, could be on a specific topic, brilliant, drop in, do what they need to do, go again. Mm. However, to have an L&D specialist in-house allows you to develop people continuously. And that, in my opinion, is what you would need to be thinking about. You, you're, mm. you need to be continuously developing people at whatever stage. You need to be getting buy-in from those people like me, seasoned recruiters that have been doing it forever that actually need perhaps more training than the new ones because we need to strip out all those old ways and actually, you know, embrace the new way of yeah um so you know it's it's really important to make sure that you, know, you, you need an, an awesome onboarding experience because you'll lose people we spend a lot of time and money recruiting people and then we can lose them during the onboarding process so that needs to come under the lnd um come under that sort of department then there's that continuous development and and that's like i say that's the, the new people that have no experience in recruitment but also those people that have been in it for a very long time so yeah, I think I think you would use mm. external um, providers quite differently from an internal person. Yeah. But I would always say if you've got the funds and, and the resources, and and you know you can have an L and D specialist internally, I, w- I would definitely. Consider. And actually, and I don't know how you feel about this. Obviously, people will be really um, micro analyzing all their costs and their resources as we are in recession. Uh, and I think it will go on for a good couple of years whilst the war rages on. So, you know, let's batten down the hatches. People should still be thinking about investing in learning and development more so than ever. And, you know, I'm sure that you'll really validate what I'm about to say to the cost to hire has never been greater, but the cost to then replace is beggars belief why you'd even think about that and in order to pinpoint and under really underpin anybody leaving your business so your attrition is going to be from an internal perspective analyzed people will think well hang on it's a revolving door they're not investing in those people so i'm going to go but it then fails to allow you it basically you fail then to attract new people coming into your business so it's like for me it's this vicious cycle that however much hiring an L&D or, you know, having an external expert, you could actually do both, you know, have, have helicoptering experts in, you know, well-being, helicoptering experts in the tech side or whatever it might be, but actually please don't see it as a thrifty way to save yourself, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 grand, whatever it might be. Actually, that could be the best investment you make for the next two years. 
what are your thoughts absolutely yeah no absolutely and, mm. and it's so important to to invest in your people um and that's how you'll keep them engaged there's only so many times you can increase salary add new benefits they they work in the short term but developing people is is key for a business mm. you need to bring people up you, you you don't want to be recruiting externally for managers really I don't feel because you want them to have that experience of the business and understand the business and understand the people so you really need to be developing those people so that you have got you know your succession plans in, in place and if you're having to constantly recruit you, which what level are you recruiting at why are people leaving it's potentially because you're not developing them mm. I mean I have to say that and, and again this is quite a broad spectrum but you know I've been doing rep to rep for 20 years since 2002 and generally speaking people good people leave companies because they're not being developed it's a, it is as simple as that it, it they can you know smoke screen it as it's poor leadership it's poor commission but that's all around development it's around that person's development and I think this underpins everything else in a bit in running a business so if you're listening as a leader now and you think that you are immune to this conversation because you've got people that you know maybe don't want to rise through leadership that doesn't mean they don't want to be developed maybe mm. they want to become a sector specialist maybe they actually want to become a champion of brand awareness or hosting a podcast whatever it might be um so i'm i'm you know i'm really pleased to hear that you validate that because clearly that's your that's your livelihood but actually you're seeing it from a broader perspective across all of industry as well yeah it's so important it's so important so you launched a podcast which is very exciting tell us all about how that came about so again when I was a generalist recruiter who would I have done a podcast for you know again it's it's having that industry knowledge and I get I feel I'm so lucky I get to talk to L&D professionals all day every day and that's what lights me up so I thought Mm. actually what I want to be able to offer other people is to hear about L&D professionals journeys because a lot of people that want to get into HR or L&D and don't know how to start and it's not a particularly straightforward this is what you need to do you go here then you go here then you go here then you go here Um, and I want people to hear other people's journeys because they aren't like I say necessarily what you would expect and people fall into L&D like like me I didn't even know it existed you know years ago you know it was a career you could take but only because I was not used to dealing with the size of companies that would have learning and development specialists so I, um, I, I try and take people that have been in the industry for a while and get them to talk through their experiences of how they started in L&D and, and where they are now and perhaps what's next for them as well. I love that. That's now, how the podcast started. Yeah, and I love that. You know, it, it's the same in recruitment generally, that there is not a linear route to anything, that you listening to people's journeys, you know, there is not this one size fits all. So I love that you're sharing experience. What's your podcast called, Kate? Uh, it's called the L&D Career Corner because it's okay. all about L&D careers. It is, absolutely. So we'll make sure that there's links on this podcast. So you do get to speak to all the best people in the market and you get to hear their testimony, speak to real people on their journeys. So would you be able to share with my audience and our global audience some of the most important learns that you've taken from your guests since you've been recording your podcast? I think... Um... I've had a lot of people that haven't given up. Uh, They know where they want to go and they haven't always necessarily been able to. And they might have had to take a sideward step or almost a a backward step in order to go forwards. So that's definitely something that's come up on several different conversations that, you know, know your end goal, reverse engineer those steps if you can, but you might have to make some changes along the way. Um, 
it's been such a fascinating experience actually because like I say everyone's journeys are so different and I've also tried to pick people that are in different sectors like education oh, right. and, um, marketing and so that people get a broader understanding of crossovers as well because L&D specialists do tend to move around so if you've got an education background I have a lot of teachers that come to me that want to get oh, into, right. into L&D that's that seems that's really prevalent at the moment um so it's I need to do a podcast about that because I need to, that's what Ooh. I help with so I need to find someone that's you know made that transition from teaching and into into L&D um but yeah one of the biggest things that's come up is don't give up you know if that is where you really want, want to be and where you see yourself you, you know you need to to, to try and um, you know network as much as you can start building contacts in the right places um try and take on some even some voluntary work if you have to but if, if you know if lnd is where you want to be just keep going because you'll get there eventually you will get there eventually that's it i think that's just brilliant advice for life generally kate to be mm. honest with you not specific to lnd people well i have loved having you on i knew that you'd be high energy and it's been absolutely wonderful to get to know you better i must ask because i'm sure if anyone's watching if you're listening you won't know what i'm talking about what is the gray ball is that an exercise ball behind you <laughs> yeah it's a bit dusty that's fine. So, this is office stroke exercise room so ah. there's the treadmill and then there's the exercise ball in the corner. But it needs very to come- good. I did wonder what it was. I just thought it might be some kind of crystal ball that I was going to ask you to dust down and tell well, us. What that would be more useful than exercise ball at the moment. <laughs> Listen, it's been wonderful to get to know you and I'm sure if anyone is interested to listen to Kate's podcast we'll make sure that the links are also attached to this episode whether you're listening or you're watching. But thank you so much for joining us Kate on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. Thank you.